Welcome to Poet Waffle episode 16 with me, Daniel Cockrell, where I invite a poet round my house for an intimate chat. And during that chat, we explore the visceral space between fact and fiction, which I believe is more of a feeling where poets use their emotions to navigate the world and hopefully reveal certain truths that are neglected by those other fields. And it gives me great pleasure to welcome into the Waffle Shed, poet, writer, editor, Sophie Cameron. Hey Dan, nice to, nice to be here in the shed. Thanks for coming. That's all How right. How you been? How you been? All right, very busy. Very busy. You've, just, um, you've told me you've just um, moved to Ramsgate recently. Yeah, yeah. Can I reveal all that live? Yeah. As long as people don't come to my house. Yeah, knock on your door. <laughs> I won't tell them where in Ramsgate. So that's good to be by the sea, out of the city and by the sea. Yeah, I think there's something very special about the sea. You know, I think it's very magical. Mm. I, where I, we are now, I live on the edge of the forest and the edge of the city. I yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I walk left out my house, I go straight into Epping Forest. And if I walk right out my house, I and I can see all the sc- the city skyline from my bedroom window. Oh wow! So that's kind of nice. I can see tops of trees and tops of I like both of those. Whereas I lived by the sea pretty much all my life till I was when did I leave Brighton? So I lived on Canby Island, which was surrounded by sea, and then I moved to Brighton for nine years. So I think up until twenty nine thirty, I lived by the sea. And I couldn't wait to get away from it. Oh, no. <laughs> I've never heard that before. <clears throat> really? Why do you think that is? I think it's very melancholy living by the sea. Well, I was. Because yeah. I would always look at the ships going away. Especially on Canvey. <laughs> like, there's lots of cargo ships. And I'd always think about the, the sailors on board and that. And thinking, oh, man. I, like, oh, it's the thing about being away for Christmas. I used to look out on Christmas Day. We used to go for Christmas Day walk. And you could see the ships parked up and uh, or anchored up. And I'd always think about them having their Christmas dinner on the ship. And I'd felt really sad. That's just me. Though. I think you might have ruined it for me now. Oh, now no, now I think just about Because I've got some binoculars. So on the morning oh. I'll sit there and, and, and watch the sea. And I'll look at the ships and I'll track the ships like, and see what they're, what they're carrying. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I never thought of them as going away and I never thought of them you know I always thought that it would be quite amazing to be in on the sea you know just like an amazing so you've got the sailor in you you'd be the adventurer yeah you know you, you'd be the one that when they were offering money to go come on board and you'd be like yeah I'm there the yeah. cabin boy Sophie mm-hmm. the cabin and I'd be like oh man I don't know if I fancy that all that seasickness and but I don't know. I've I've got binoculars in my sh- in my waffle shed here, and I look at the birds. I like looking at the birds. What kind bo- of birds? Oh, in this garden we have it's good. We have woodpecker because we're so close to the forest. Uh-huh. Woodpeckers, you know, wrens, lots of blue tits and great tits, robins. I'm a massive so starlings used to be my favourite bird. 
but I think the robin has won me over since I've had a garden. Oh, really? They're just amazing. Aren't they quite aggressive? No. So when you dig up the garden, they come down and sit next to you because they're waiting for because they know that you're not going to hurt them and yeah. they they wait for the the worms and they stuff. They sit on your your uh, speared handle. Pretty much, yeah. Whoa. It's amazing. And they, and then when they've got little chicks, even the chicks come down. It's just like, yeah, I'm a big fan of the robin. And apparently they can navigate. Uh, I don't know the actual science of this, but apparently they navigate using quantum mechanics or something. That they know where they're going before they've even got oh, there. Oh, wow. Because there's something in their nostrils or something. That uh -huh. they, they don't have to follow the... You know, they're just like, oh, I'm going over there. Yeah. It's almost that they time, you know, time trap. They know where to go before they've even got there. Blinking robins, mate. Whoa. Beautiful. I'm loving the robin. Do they come out at Christmas, though? <clears throat> they and then do. no other time of year? No, they're here all year round. Okay. So why are they a Christmas thing? I don't know. Don't know about that. I thought they slept. It's like snowman. The There's no snow the... around at Christmas, is there? <laughs> no, like... no. <laughs> no, I don't think they do. I don't think they're like bears. Okay. They don't think... I think they're around <laughs> the whole time. So, listen, people who don't know what you do, uh, I don't know how to. So, do you want to explain what you do that I what, what I've seen you do, or do you want me to come in and say something? What what do you do when you go on stage and say words out loud? What would do you when people ask what you do? What do you say? That's really difficult because I um, I try not to define it myself because yeah. I, I I feel as though it's never really fit into a box. So I normally avoid it to be honest, and a lot of people. Well, some people don't know that I do it, yeah, and yeah. because I'm not, I don't sort of force it down people's throats. But mainly, it's because I can't really describe it, and I feel as though when I do, people just get the to totally the wrong idea about yeah, what yeah. it is. Um, so, I mean, I mean, I get on stage and I read read out poetry. I suppose. Do you um, call it poetry? I mean, I do rather than spoken word because. Yeah. I don't really know. I just never used the term spoken word. Yeah, I know yeah. that's the cool, the cool phrase, but oh, I've just it, never, yeah. you know, I've never used it. Um, but then, you know, it's not really poetry because, you know, it's it aims to get a reaction out of an audience. Like yeah, it's yeah. it's written for an audience, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. Whereas, I haven't written it to be published in a book or to be sort of, um, poured over in private. Like yeah, it yeah. is. My poems are not published, so you it's know, live. Poetry, it's live, isn't it? yeah. It's so live you'll only ever see it like live yeah. it, from and my that's mouth. The only time you can capture it. I like that's why I really like it. But um, how did you come up? I'll I'll explain to the people listening in a minute if they don't know what you do, what what you do. But how did you come up with what you do? Because it is very unique and probably to some people's ears quite controversial. Um, what made you think that's what I'm going to do on stage and have the guts to do it? Because it was, a, it's pretty amazing. I think it's the first time you see it, you're like, I, I'm, it's jaw droppingly brilliant. Uh -huh. Okay. So, what, how did you come up with Because it's so unique. Yeah, I'm interested in what you mean by unique because I do, it's so difficult for me to get <clears throat> a, an objective opinion on it because it's, um, you know, I'd, I'd love to be able to sort of remove my, like see see someone else do the equivalent and then see see how I would feel because I don't think I've... But that's the thing, I've never seen someone do the equivalent. That's why it's unique. I've never yeah. seen 
anyone do the equivalent of it. Okay. So, and <clears throat> so what happens is Sophie comes on, and I'm going to try and d- describe your appearance now badly. But you're <laughs> probably you're a slight white uh, northern lass, um, small. So you come on stage, and it, you look like what's the phrase? I wouldn't say boo to a goose. Is that the, yeah. the phrase? So the audience see you come on and they think oh here's Sophie going to read us some very probably pleasant uh, uh, landscapes and sunrise poetry but then what comes out your mouth is some of the most expletive words in the English language but with a real purpose behind them you know so the uh, even though the word you know you, you say every probably swear word under the sun but the the message that you're um given to the audience is you know think violence against women and certain things that you're or the the male female uh, relationship from your point of view or from a point of view that um uh is not usually seen in mm-hmm. the mainstream uh and it's fantastic and so people who are open to it realize what's happening uh, and what I'm always surprised about is how the people who aren't open to it, they're, they're always shocked by the words coming out your mouth, but they're not shocked by the stories you're telling. And they're the things that you should be shocked by, yeah. probably, because you're, you're saying things that, are, uh, that show the society up for what it is mm-hmm. um, and, and shining light on that. But the people who are shocked and where you split, they're like, oh, no, she just said... A rude word and it's all that always amazes me but yeah. I'm amazed how you came up with it because I don't know anyone who, was you influenced by any other artist or did you see something and think, oh I could do that or no I think <clears throat> I mean I'm fascinated by that as well the, the, the fact that when people are upset about it what they're upset about and yeah, I yeah. think I think that's really interesting that I'm really interested in that but I think I never really had an agenda with it. All I can say about where it came from is just that when I... I can remember being at school, like really young at school, and being asked to write a poem. Yeah. And being being very much, like, judged, even by the teacher, like, oh... Sophie, you know, Sophie don't want to get up and read, you know, like Sophie's shy. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Being judged basically on my appearance alone because yeah, yeah. I went to a few schools, so I would be, like, introduced and I would be treated very much like some sort of really fragile object that wasn't yeah, yeah. able to say anything or, or like, stand up for myself. Yeah, and that yeah. was based on the fact that I was a, you know... You know, look like a little girl, basically. And yeah, I remember yeah. um, writing this poem, and then they, you know, they said, "Who wants to get up and read it?" And I knew that they weren't gonna. No one was gonna ask me to do it. And I put my hand up. Yeah, yeah. And went up, and they were all like, you could see everyone bracing themselves, like, you know, this is gonna be awful, you know, because it's gonna be rubbish, basically. Yeah, yeah. She's, we're not gonna be able to hear it. Um, and I read this poem. And people's, you know, people were like utterly shocked. And that's not because there was like swear words or anything like that in there. But it's because like I had something to say and I, um, and I spoke very clearly. 
and it's powerful. Very, it's very, very powerful. You yeah. know, so you take people's perception of you, but then you actually, as soon as you speak, you present a position of real power. <clears throat> and everyone, especially the men in the room, they're like knocked back and they don't know what to do with themselves. If they like, they're like, oh my God, what? this is not what we expected. And they're shocked. <clears throat> and they probably, you know, all their insecurities raise to the surface. And they're the ones who probably walk out or, yeah. you know, but the ones who are like, wow, okay, this is, you know, for people like myself who want to be challenged, uh, you're the sort of artist that we want to see because we, we, you don't want to see the same old thing, you know, and, and uh, the thing that you expect all the time. If you oh, I know what's going to happen. And you can probably nine out of ten times say, oh, this is what this poem's going to be like. But when you get up on stage, you, there's no way you can predict <laughs> how that it, what's going to come. You know, and it's brilliant. So if anyone hasn't seen it, I'd say next time you're on stage and if they can find out where you are, you're performing, go and see Sophie. Cameron oh, live because I think it's an amazing thing to see um, but also probably people can't book you a lot of the time for what you're because of yeah. what your act is yeah I mean I don't get that many gigs and I did start my own <clears throat> cabaret because yeah. of the fact that I mean not necessarily because I wanted to perform more but because I really like seeing things that are quite avant-garde and don't fit into boxes. And yeah, I yeah. really liked the idea of creating a space where um, people go just to see something different. Um, <clears throat> what, you... what was the night you did? So it was the Red... It was called Red Raw. Yeah. And I think I was on that night. I think it might have been about masculinity. I'm not sure. Yeah, it was about... I did it about John Wayne because it John was his... John Wayne, that's it. It was the anniversary of his birth. And you had a, a professor on talking about... Um, John Wayne um, and how his masculinity in uh, he was talking about in American culture but it's really interesting because my dad always had John Wayne posters on the wall or pictures on the wall and we always watched John Wayne films so I I was really interested in that because it I do come from that macho background of lift weights and and I wasn't that person you know I wanted to sit down and drink milkshake and just think like watch robins yeah and my dad and my brother were there you know pumping iron yeah and i was just like i, I just don't want to do that and they were like building walls with bricks and and i was you know i was being made to go on uh, you know uh, building sites and work with and i was just i just terrified i lived my whole life terrified of the next job mm-hmm. that i had to do the next cleaning job the next building job because I was surrounded by people that I really couldn't um, explain to them what I was thinking and it was like not because they were you know they they were horrible people it was just that if I was I was trying to explain oh actually they were like what do you want to do and I was like well I just want to sit down and write poetry Mm. and it's that thing isn't it it's just like well you know, how, how are you going to earn money doing that? I was like, well, I don't know. You know, I don't know the answers to this, but I do know what I want to do. Uh, I, what I don't want to do is build a wall. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was that idea about toxic masculinity. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't want to say that because that's the... The inward. The, the, the inward, yeah. because it wasn't based on that. It was just the idea that um, I wanted to take something that we had in something that we had in common, you know, like he wasn't seen a John Wayne film or heard yeah, of John yeah, Wayne, yeah, right? Yeah. 
you know, he's got two first names, you know, as the, yeah, yeah. He is like the epitome of what you think are supposedly like a strong tough you know, guy. Tough is. guy yeah, is. Yeah. And I just you know, I didn't really have an agenda with it, but I just wanted everybody just to react to it and <clears> to yeah. hear people's different people's perspective on it. And I thought, you know, for me, I wanted to create a show where I'd really want to go to it. You it was know, brilliant. That, you had a pup. Did you have a a, a, a shadow? Yeah. I don't know what they would call it. A shadow person who makes yeah. what they call it. A, sh- a shadow puppeteer or no? A shadow. I don't know. It was. That was good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. People playing different songs and unusual thing. Yeah, and it you wouldn't see any of that all on. You know, those cabaret things are just yeah, amazing. And I always just think about this in uh, in terms of poetry. Poet the poetry world used to, uh, and I've talked about this with lots of other artists on here how it was it, there was lots of variety in the poetry world and when spoken words taken over it's actually become less and less um and the the sort of cabaret scene has had to take those acts that co- used to appear on poetry stages who don't anymore they have to go and do the cabaret scene because it's much more open to yeah. you know the strange and the wonderful or or people trying different things that uh, the unexpected. So, you know, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But um, I mean, uh, it's an interesting thing. I, th- I do feel as though it's nice to have a a night where there isn't really any any rules. I think when you go to a poetry night, I think there is this pressure to, yeah, yeah. you know, um, for it to be quite. Don't know, you know, because I, I mentioned him on here before. But Chris Lynham, the sort of uh, the comedian who's famous for sticking a firework up his ass and lighting it on stage, <laughs> he suddenly he started doing some of the poetry scene and he'd done the comedy scene, but he couldn't work. It was the same thing. Like he, comedy, the comedy had become so stand-up comedy that they wouldn't book him, and then all of a sudden the poetry scene can't book him. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's become something completely different. And so he's having to find, you know, he's a clown. He's he's having to find different ways of, you know, and also he's he's an incredibly difficult character just because of what he does, you know. But um, I think it's a shame that because people like that can't exist and can't get gigs, uh, suddenly they they stop existing. Yeah. Because they, they was like, well, what, you know, I don't know where they go. Do they just stay in bed all day these days? Well, it's sad though because people need to see that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing. I think there needs to be, um, you know, live performance where people can go and just see something that's going to, you know, you you can see loads of stuff that you don't like or that you're not interested in. um, But like there'll be one thing. That, you, yeah. that gets you thinking, or that, that. But also the thing that you didn't like, I've always you know the, the, you you always go away and think about it. Yeah. Like you think, oh, why didn't I like it? You know, I think there's there's uh, you know, if you just like everything and come away going, that was really good. It's yeah. a bit like, you know, I don't know. It's a no, bit boring. Exactly. A bit no. boring. You know, it's not challenging at all, is it? No. So, do you, do you think we're ready for the uh, big question? I think I'm ready. Yeah. We're about to for the well, you know, I think. So, yes, it is time for the big question. So, the big question, for those of you who don't know, uh, I might ask uh, the guests something like, what is the most important thing you've ever lost? Um, 
But Sophie's gone for a really interesting question. You've gone for, and I don't know anything, about, I, I don't know any of the science behind this question, and I'm hoping you can enlighten me. Uh, Sophie's gone for, why do people kiss? So, I mean, I've read some books on this. Have you? So you could say I'm an, author- an authority. Uh, <laughs> so you, I had to read this question a few times. Um, yeah. Because I want to try and answer it, you know, and not go off on a tangent about all of the... Uh, I think it's good to go off on tech because there's so many types of kissing. Yeah. And that's what I find interesting yeah. about it. If I, Let me just put, give you a little bit of why I find it okay. interesting. Is... Because I, I think it's such a strange ritual, mm-hmm. and from you know French people kissing and doing whatever they do to drunk people in a club having a right old good snog in front of everyone, and when I ever see it, I'm just going, God, that is just weird. And then I always think about, oh, do other animals kiss? And I don't know the answer to any of this stuff. Okay. So um, I, mean, I can I think go off on a tangent or tr- or say something about it because I, well, I think I'd be interested in any of it really. Yeah, I mean in terms of animals and stuff, I'm not. I've 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 looked into the human aspect of mm. it, right? Because I'm I'm very fascinated in this as well about this as well. Um, but to answer to directly answer the question, I would say, why you know why do people kiss? I think. My answer to that would be because it's soft and in, a, in an erotic context. Yeah. Because it's wet as well. <laughs> it's soft. And, but, okay, go on. And I think it's a sign, you know, it is a sign of affection, okay? So, like, yeah. even if it's a kiss on the cheek, right? Yeah. It's a sign of love. It's this, it, you at that moment in which you kiss someone, you are vulnerable. Like you're using your face <laughs> to 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 bestow some, you know, like yeah, yeah. you know, you're using you know a very vulnerable part of you. And it's non-vocal, is it? Yeah, you're communicating. Yeah, it's a, that, yeah, and it's that. a closeness, you know. Like the, I was thinking about it on the on the tube over here, you know, if 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 none of us touched, I think yeah. we would. You you go crazy like which is I, happening more and more yeah. in the world, isn't it? Yeah, people are virtually and they're not touching. Yeah, they're not doing the normal things. Yeah, you would go yeah. mad. Yeah, that intimacy isn't about you know this is going off on a tangent. Intimacy is like holding hands yeah. or hugging your mate or yeah. something. Which is this is what's interesting is that, so the the French thing, kissing your best friend. Yeah, who's a male and male or get you know. That's very. Is that very different from snogging someone? Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, I'm from the north, right? So we did. We don't do like that. That yeah, yeah. Um, double kiss thing. I still find that difficult because I think someone's like not attacking me. But <laughs> you know, like when you when you're born up, when you're brought up with without loads of physical affection, yeah, yeah. it become it becomes something that's quite difficult. See, my yeah. dad doesn't want, he doesn't, like, if I hug him, he freezes up. Really? Yeah, he doesn't want to be hugged. And that's a, that's a definitely uh, a men after the war whose dads had probably gone through real trauma. They didn't have any, yeah. any male-to-male yeah. contact. 
So when I'm huggy, I'm very huggy and kissy with my boys. So it's for the opposite, you know, I'm mm-hmm. smothering them with kisses and they're like, can you just stop this now? <laughs> and I think it's the opposite, you, you go over, you go the other way. When you, you sort of, uh, as a kid, you probably want that, you know, you want to be hugged. Yeah. And when your father figure freezes up, when yeah. you're, for whatever those reasons are, Sometimes he, he might just not know what to do. Yeah, Because yeah. that's the thing, like, in terms of the double kiss thing, I mean, for a, for a long time, you know, I sort of resisted that because I didn't know what the etiquette was. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know how I was supposed to behave, you know, what I was, whether it's supposed to be a pretend kiss, you know, like an air, like, right, you don't know, actually yeah, put yeah. your... Yeah, so yeah. I didn't... Cheek, cheek. Yeah, 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 I didn't know any, whether you're supposed to know them enough, you know. See, like, I don't know that. So that's a weird thing, is it? So... The met the 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 professional thing to do in you know you shake a man's hand mm-hmm. if I'm a man but if I'm a if I'm going to I'm allowed to kiss them on the cheek which is so bizarre isn't yeah. it it's just like well where's that come from but I probably kiss my male friends on so Martin who's you know he he's a short bald sixty odd year old man I definitely kiss him on the on the head out of love <laughs> you know but it's almost jokingly it's not like it's almost like i adore you i'm going to kiss you on the head because it's funny it's definitely not a a a serious kiss i kiss my other male friends like oh come here you know but i definitely you know get it wrong with in a formal situation i'm just i wouldn't know what to do yeah i keep my hands in my pocket i think it's strange in a formal situation unless there's you know unless you're sort of brought up in a culture where that's where you know that i think when when you're kissing um as a friend i think that's because you want to and you know cuz in the, in the, in prof, in the professional world i've i've done it where i've shaken hands with quite powerful people and they've got the really awful droopy yeah, handshake no. and then i've shaken hands with females who are trying to prove themselves in that world and they've almost ripped my hand off and i'm always, i i always go in now because i've you know a middle-aged man I I can confidently go in with two hands and give someone the, yeah, the handshake that's so, a good so nobody knows so it doesn't matter who I'm shaking hands with female or male I always get the hand and the other I put the other hand on top of them and I'm in sort of control of okay this isn't going to be too hard it's not going to be too soft but I'm going to sell you a look I'm, I'm a safe person yeah. to be with and I'm not going to try and do you over that's my strategy that yeah. I've had probably for the last 10 or 15 years but I've definitely got it down I mean that's of, a, I think that's a, that's a really interesting point because that you've transformed it into something that's quite personal in a way yeah I always try and make it personal yeah, yeah that's it I, I like that idea because that's the thing a, a handshake is a little bit of a standoff it is isn't it you know it is a little bit of like it, like you've got to match the the force of the hand, do you know and when you football, don't know how hard. Yeah, to do you go know in? when footballers do it? They shake their hand, but it's almost like right. I'm gonna. This handshake means that whoever wins this handshake yeah. could probably win the game, yeah. and that's probably what happens in the business world as well. I'm sure the the yeah. handshake and the eye contact. Whereas I try and get rid of that. I do a little bow, as well. So I I grab the hand, I put my two hands around it, and I sort of bow to them as if I'm like some. You know, Mr. Miyagi or something. Because uh, <laughs> uh, that that is, that completely destroys yeah. the the. I'm not. I'm definitely not a a silverback gorilla to this. Yeah. What's going on? And 
yeah, maybe they get unsettled by it though. They're Probably like, they're like, "What's this guy doing?" Probably because you're, be, you know, you're, you're. Um, He's got his own rules. Exactly, <laughs> you're, you're ruining the system. You know that I this know. is a thing. These are rules that we learn. Yeah, and I and I probably didn't learn them very well, which is why I'm probably sitting in my shed. No, you don't poetry, have to learn you know. them. I don't think you should yeah. learn them. I don't. I don't think. I think people do though. People get to go to college, don't they, to learn how to act yeah. in certain situations, and I probably didn't have that upbringing. So I think I was probably terrified going through, you know, the first for my family to go to university. I had no idea what I was doing, and I felt very out out on the edge of oh do I belong here but then because you're in that world for so long when you try and go back home to your working class roots that no look you don't belong there either so no. you sub- you're suddenly an outcast if you don't fully embrace uh, migrating into that middle class world then you you probably are going to be you know a poet yeah. working in your shed going actually I don't want to engage with the world like everyone else does that's what I'm planning to do yeah <laughs> I know so you've taken a big step haven't you can it can it be revealed to the world or you're not you just you've moved to Ramsgate yeah. to not start a completely new life but to really concentrate on yeah on your writing because that's something you've always wanted to do it is yeah and I, I suppose we're sitting in this shed here and when this is about five years old now. And it was the same thing when I got to a certain age. I was over 40. And I remember discussing it with Gina. And I was like, well, when do I get a writing space that is mine? You know, we've got a car. You know, what a car, I would never have a car. I don't think it's important. But a writing space for me would be up top of my agenda and it's like when when do you do it do you do it when you retire and I thought this is too late I need to do it need to do it now so that's why I got the shed and you've done the same thing you've said well okay I need time to write and do what I need to do and yeah it's you're doing the right thing yeah because it's like when when is the right time to do it some people are very lucky they've they're you know they might have a financial background or they might have had an education that pushes them into the arts and they, they can work regularly but most people aren't like that I don't think that's uh, um, it, it doesn't really work like that but you have to give yourself permission to go okay this is when yeah. when am I doing this and I'm well I'm doing it now yeah. there's no right time to do it but uh, I think it just like it got to the point where I just I just knew I had to do it like I yeah, yeah. And, and I think that that's I think you end up there, like, and, and you know the point in which you have to go, okay, now... This, the breaking this, this, point. Yeah, this, yeah anymore, exactly, yeah. the breaking point. So this is the point in which, you know... Because I was thinking, I was reflecting on my life and I thought, you know, what would be my biggest regret? And I was like, you know, if, if I never gave myself the chance to, you know, focus on what I love to do. And, and you know, I thought, well, what's stopping me doing that then? And, you know... Maybe it's other people's expectation of what I should be doing, or exactly, but what, what does yeah. that what does that actually matter, and is that making me happy? Well, no, it's not. So, and you know, I've worked so hard already. I can't 
you know, I, I need some part of my life has to be about what I want to do. Exactly, yeah. You've done the time. You've done. So I Can really. We, look, the only yeah. thing is, though. Yeah, go on. There was something about the kissing. Well, I was going to come back because we we've we're pretty much out of time. Okay. And I was going to say I really look forward to the new work you're going to say. But in my head, I was just like, well, we got to the soft, wet, yeah. you know, communication bit, and I thought actually we probably didn't tie up. Yes. The uh, the kissing bit. So, have you got like a conclusion to this? There was bit one thing I get... wanted to mention that yeah, I thought on. was interesting. And yeah, go on. Probably the reason why I uh, picked the picked the question was just about. I still feel as though I don't think it's a conclusion to the yeah. question at all. Yeah. But I still feel as though um, kissing is viewed as something that like women like, and men, you know, just do it. Oh, really? Yeah, and it really upsets me because, so, you know, I've had I've never... negotiations with guys who would say, you know, say something like, you know, like, I like kissing as if they're like, you know, they're convincing you that, oh, really? um, you know, that, that actually, you know, they've, I don't know, I, I just think it's a really interesting, because I think people, to you know, everybody gets something massive out of it. Surely, like surely, it's a, a a point at which we're both vulnerable. We both have the same, you know. It's very enjoyable. Yeah, you... I've, I've always I don't know that because I've always enjoyed having a good old snog. Mm-hmm. But what I do always think about is lips, and I think why do we have lips? Because I'm sure we could talk and eat and do everything without them. Yeah. I'm pretty convinced that humans, the kissing thing, there's something probably very essential yeah. to the way that we've progressed to do with lips. Because I'm not sure animals, you know, if you're a bird, you're not really going to have a good they snob feed with a beak. Each other, they do feed each other, but it's not quite the same, is it? It depends how deep you go in, man. <laughs> And maybe on that bombshell, we should know. But I, I do think lips, even chimpanzees and monkeys, they, they do they have lips like we have? They don't think they do, really, do they? Yeah, I don't think... i tell you what I was going to say about it, as the time runs on. What I was going to say was like when people pump their lips with uh, collagen or whatever it is, and that's got to be the most unattractive thing ever, isn't it? Or do you think that is attractive? No, I mean I, I don't. But I suppose if it, if someone wants to do it and they, yeah, and it makes them happy, but I would worry that that's that's. I wouldn't want to kiss those lips though. Have you tried it? No, I did. I Maybe you like, should try no, and no, 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 no. I wouldn't want. I want to kiss this, and it's the same with you know when people. What do they do with their brow when they? Inject? Yeah, that's is like it the same no, thing. Yeah, so they've got so they've got no. Wrinkles. Uh, wrinkles. I, that's the. I find that very unattractive. Like that. That's almost like the limp handshake. Yeah. So the people who has the limp handshake definitely would inject their brow. But I think get... people are afraid of getting old. Yeah, but that's what where all the magic is, isn't it? That's what when you see people with wrinkles and lines, you're like, oh, I bet they've got a story to tell. Yeah. When they've got some collagen pumped in their head, you think, oh, you've probably got too much money. <laughs> too much time on your hands I don't know when you get the time you know I don't even have time to go hairdressers I don't even like going to the hairdressers that's probably why I don't like uh... I think uh, I think my conclusion is is that we're all lonely and I think sometimes people are trying to look good maybe so that they can get more 
you know that people more people are like them and the bigger the lips yeah, the more I, to kiss maybe because it must it can't be for any use it's got to be for for impact visual impact visual impact it's all yeah. about image now we've got to end there okay uh, thank you so much for coming along sophie thanks for having me um where can they see you? Have you got any gigs coming up or you're laying low for a minute? Um, no, I'm doing one on Valentine's Day, actually. Oh, yeah. I think I'm going to... Um, I don't know where it is, though. So that's, so that's not about, really... Is it, it going to be about... Is it one of your own gigs or it's someone else's? No, it's somebody else's gig right. um, in London. And where can they find the information? Do you that, know? No, I don't much know. Help, are you? No, I know. That's so what, awful, maybe uh, put Sophie Cameron's name in, put Valentine's Day, yeah. February the 14th, and then you might find out where she is in London. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Poet Waffle was written and presented by Daniel Cockrell, original concept by Jack White, music and audio production by Julian Ward, artwork by Damien Wayhill, and technical support from Laurie Eaves.